0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church, or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit GeorgiaFaith.com. Thank you for
1: listening. So next week's Sunday, a new church year begins. And the first season of the church year is Advent. Uh, Advent always starts on the Sunday closest to St. Andrew's Day. And that's because St. Andrew was the very first disciple. And so when the church decided to set aside days to remember the disciples, St. Andrew, his gets to set the beginning of the church year because he was the very first disciple. So Advent begins in a week. And what Advent is, is it's a season of waiting. Right. The word Advent is a Latin word that just means coming. And during Advent, we're reminded that Jesus once came as our Savior and He'll come again one day as our King. You know, the, when you were a kid, how long December felt while you were waiting for Christmas? i always remember how long Christmas services felt because my dad was the pastor and he always did multiple services and we had to wait for him to get done with the last service so we could celebrate Christmas at home and he talked to everyone and it took forever, right? It seemed like Christmas would never gonna come, right? That's what the church feels during Advent, waiting for Jesus to come, longing for Jesus to come. Um, and in fact, every one of the prayers of the day during the season of Advent will have those words in it. Come Lord, come quickly. Come, take us out of this broken world. Take us to the kingdom that we're waiting for. While we wait for the second coming of Jesus, God's Old Testament believers were waiting for God to make good in the promise that he had given in the garden, that he was going to send someone who would solve the problem of sin. But, you know, the way in which God worked out our salvation seems so improbable. He said that God would become man, So he could walk in our shoes, stand in our place, and die our death. But God's Old Testament people wondered how how could this be that God could truly become man? Well, it all happened through the spirit, a virgin, and the most miraculous birth of a coming king. A reading from Luke chapter 1. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This is the Word of God. At long last,
0: after thousands of years of hoping, waiting, and longing, the day is here, the Messiah arrives. Don't be fooled by the scene of the tired man and his exhausted fiance, do Don't be distracted by the stable, the lowing animals, and the manger filled with hay. The hope of the nations, the promise to the patriarchs, the reason why the angels can't help but break open the sky and fill the night with song and light, shivers in his poor excuse for a crib as he cries waiting for his mother to feed him. Every Christmas we celebrate the day when the God of the universe first opened his tiny infant eyes and looked around at a world that so desperately needed him. But the life this little baby would go on to live, the death that this little baby would one day die, the resurrection that this little baby would one day achieve was exactly what we needed so that God and sinners might be reconciled. So sing for joy, your Lord has come, with a baby's cry. God's rescue mission begins. A reading from Isaiah. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. These are God's words.
1: The festival of Epiphany falls on the 6th of January. After 12 days of Christmas, the season of Christmas culminates on this day when we remember the coming of the magi or the wise men. Now, how did these men from the east, maybe from Babylon, how did they know that when they saw this star that a new king had been born in Israel? I mean, certainly they were people who studied the stars, but how, how did they possibly put this together? We're not entirely sure, but I think my best guess is a man named Daniel. Remember when the kingdom of David finally was conquered by the Babylonians. They carried off some of the nobility into exile. They took these young men that were talented and noble. They put them to work in the service of the king of Babylon. And one of those young men was named Daniel. Daniel eventually became the chief of the wise men, the chief of the magi. His Babylonian name was Belteshazzar. And for the magi to have a leader like Daniel was something... Something amazing. I mean, Daniel was unlike any of the other Magi. He could, he could interpret dreams. He could sleep in a cave with lions and come out alive. And the Lord was with Belteshazzar in such a way that he was in power for decades and decades in Babylon. My best guess is that Daniel, the Hebrew, told them about the prophecy, told them about a new king who would come. But then can you imagine, Daniel... Like everyone, he died, and so did the people who worked for him. And generations went by, centuries went by, but that, that prophecy lay there moldering in the order until one night, hundreds of years later, someone looked up and saw a star where it wasn't supposed to be, and they remembered the prophecy of the leader of their order. A new king had come. They set off in caravan to go to the one place where a king of Israel should be born, in Jerusalem. And they ask for the king. They go to Bethlehem and they find the child while Israel can't even be bothered to look for him. They go and they worship the Christ child while the religious leaders of Jerusalem slept just a few miles away. They offered gifts of thanks and praise while King Herod was plotting murder. You know, Epiphany, though, these wise men, these magi, they're, they're a picture of you and I, of everyone who looks in the manger and sees this child as the king who was sent to save us. The, the word for the season, Epiphany, that's a Greek word that means appearance. And this is the season we remember that Jesus appeared to be the Savior of all people. A reading from the book of Matthew. The word of the Lord 40
0: days 40 days with no alleluias 40 days where these walls won't hear the words glory to God in the highest the glistening green and white of epiphany are exchanged for curtains of black and purple as we hear the same verse we hear every year ashes to ashes dust to dust. During the season of Lent, we follow Jesus from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. We stand with Jesus before priests and kings and Pilate. We watch Jesus walk a lonely road carrying a cross in our sin all the way to a place called the Skull where he dies for crimes that he did not commit. But all hope isn't lost. Even in Lent, the Sundays are like little Easters. Lent is a time for reflection and repentance, to look at ourselves and see our own sin and the darkness that lurks inside. But it's also a time for hope, because our Jesus' beautiful feet never faltered. He stayed true to the path every step of the way. He knew exactly what he was doing. Even as he breathed his last, he was in complete control. So this Lenten season, let us repent for our sins and admit that we need a Savior, but let's look with hope. Because just as night is darkest right before dawn, so too Lent looks dark until we come to Easter morn. A lesson from John. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. The word of the Lord.
1: After 40 days of solemn preparation during Lent, the church breaks forth in joy on the festival of the resurrection of our Lord. For 2,000 years, God's people have greeted each other with the Easter greeting you know so well. Christ is risen. This is the highest festival of the church year because on Easter Sunday, Christ our King rose victorious from the grave. And Jesus' resurrection, it makes all the difference. If he had just died, our faith would be futile. We'd still be in our sins. As Paul said, we should be pitied more than all people. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And because Jesus rose, that means his sacrifice for sin was complete and it was accepted. And when Jesus defeated death in the grave, he defeated it for you and me too. Do you know how the Old Testament is filled with pictures and practices that find their fulfillment in Jesus? Right? And one of those, one of those practices was that God's Old Testament people celebrated the festival of the first fruits. So what would happen is when your, your field of grain would ripen, you would take the first fruits that you would harvest, the very first ones, and you take them and give them as an offering to the Lord on the festival of the first fruits. And that did two things. First of all, it thanked God for the harvest. But it also implied something else. This was just the first of many more fruits still in the field. Isn't it amazing that Easter Sunday, the day our Lord Jesus rose from the dead, was the festival of the first fruits. Jesus was the first fruits of a field full of resurrection still to follow. So this man, the Son of God who said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. He was talking about you. A whole field full of resurrections waiting to happen. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we, of are all, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the firstfruits, Then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The word of God.
0: The festival half of the church year is over. Jesus has given the great commission. He has ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. Green pyramids will decorate the church for many weeks to come. This is a time for growth. The season after Pentecost is an excellent time to take Jesus' words and actions and apply them to our own lives. It's a time to look not so much at his life, but at his teachings. And while the green of the the sanctuary will be decorated for a while, we don't forget about the white of Easter the promise of the resurrection. So as we take Jesus' words, as we look at the Gospels week after week, we always keep at the forefront of our minds the promise that God has for every believer who is in him, that we have life everlasting. A reading from Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. The word of the Lord.
1: So we've gone full circle and come back to today, the festival of Christ the King. Here's the day when we remember that the king who came once to save us will come again. And that means we are living in the last age of this earth. And much like the waiting church has for generations, we say, Come, Lord, come quickly. Because when He comes, He's going to keep every promise He's ever made to you, and He's going to right everything that's wrong in your life. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. A reading from the book of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. The Word of the Lord.